We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget, Patrick. Yeah. The end of today's podcast will be different. Okay. Oh, right. But right. you have to remember what you, you have to figure out what you're going to say. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, we'll figure it out. Like how you said, do you want a full pour? And I said no, and then you gave me a full pour. Not true. No? No, there's still more. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome back into Beers on Us. Sorry, a little hey, on, air, yeah. on air producing Oops, there. Oh, 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 my God. Ah, we are doing things at Pay both no attention to the man behind Whoa! the curtain. Sorry. Sorry to your ears. Um, all right. So, welcome back to Beers on Us. We will continue the third time. with What's in the Box. We've got two beers in front of us. One we'll be having during the segment. One we'll be having as our beer of the week. And then... Uh, one of us will be taking the rest of it home to finish it home tonight because <laughs> it is quite a large bottle. You can find this podcast most places you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, Odyssey app, 1080thefan.com. And then you can find us Instagram.com slash beers on us. DM us there. And then our personal pages. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick is at PDiddy085 on Instagram. Weekend beer wise, I was quite pleased this week. I posted a picture on Instagram. I'm see. I told you I'd do more. Nicely done. I seen it. Uh, I was Patrick Harris this weekend. Then I got two rice loggers. Nice. <laughs> my kind of guy. My kind of team, Charlie. Uh, one of them I still have not had. It was the crazy eighty-eight from uh, Brothers Cascadia, which one of our listeners commented on Instagram saying that it was a delightful beer. So I'm yep. excited to have that. John's our resident uh, uh, Brothers Cascadia hombre. Uh, always pushing their beer on yep. us, and their beer is great, so we're very happy. That, Keep that, pushing it, brother. Yes, that is the one I have not had yet. I had the uh, the Japas Cerveza rice lager. Mm-hmm. That's the brewery I've talked about before that was like Japanese slash Brazilian. Mm-hmm. It's from Brazil, <clears throat> but it's it's Japanese. Uh, they are Japanese, they are Japanese brew in Brazil. Yes, there is actually a big Japanese population in Brazil from what I learned. And yeah, they're called Japas Cerveza or Cerveja. And I had like a red bean paste stout from them. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I I got it because it was super unique and I loved it. And I saw they had a rice lager and I was like, well, this certainly seems like it would be up their alley. That's the one I did. I did drink this weekend. So light, so smooth and easy drinking. And, And the thing that I have trouble with with rice lagers 
and the reason why I got to this week is because I, I continue to try styles that I still don't love is I, there's a flavor that comes from the rice. I imagine in the beer that I just don't love. Right. Every single beer that I've had at a Japanese restaurant, whether it's Sapporo or any of the other six, seven breweries they have there, they're all from Japan have a very similar taste aftertaste almost, which makes me think it's the rice. Cause they're all very similar style beers. This one had none of that. This was super, super low IBU slash ABV. I think it was only like 10 IBUs, which they still have in their cans. No bitterness, really smooth, really easy drinking. So crushable. Like I could have had six of them, like really didn't bat an eye at finishing the one pint that I had of it. So that was really, really impressive and good. So I was very happy with that. I found that at market of choice. I also had public coast s'mores bonfire stout. Ooh, which sounds scary. S'mores bonfire, like chocolate marshmallows smoke. I was curious about that as well. I was I was looking maybe more for like smoke slash wood wood quality mm-hmm. from that. I think it's just a cool name. I think it was mostly marshmallow, chocolate, vanilla kind of stuff. Uh, maybe a little breadier because of the the graham crackers that would go into it. Mm-hmm. When I get stouts that are that descriptive in flavor about what they're going to be. Oftentimes that means too sweet to me. Sure. This was balanced. You, you sort of tasted the marshmallow, which is exactly what I want in a beer like this. Don't hit me over the head with marshmallow. <laughs> that's not a flavor I want in a beer, but if you give me a little hint of Talk it, to my kids, that's what they want. Well, yeah, but then they're drinking beer and then you're going to jail. The, not if I don't tell anybody, <laughs> oh, I just told, God, sorry. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Tattletale. I know. Goody two shoes me over here. I really enjoyed it because it was neutral and nuanced, but not overpowering. Right. And I always will try these stouts that have interesting descriptors or flavors I'm not used to. 90% of the time, I walk away going, eh, it was okay. Yeah. This one I walked away and was like, I would drink that again. Oh, nice. That was a good beer. So that was my week in beer. Really, really enjoyable. Uh, nothing too crazy. I'm trying to think. I had anything else? Um, I got my girlfriend to buy another cocoa cow for herself. Hey, she she's been getting like ciders and seltzers, and she was waiting for me to finish picking my beer, and she saw the cocoa cow, and she's like, "I'll have that for myself again." Treat yourself. Yes. So that that is a winner in in our house for sure. Uh, I had a really interesting situation this weekend. On Sunday, uh, we decided it was it, it ended up being in the long run great, but in the middle of it was a terrible decision. We decided to pull. Everything out of our garage. We like opened the garage doors, pulled everything out. Sitting on your driveway. Sitting on the driveway while we cleaned up the inside and then put everything back in and organized and found a ton of stuff we need to get rid of. In the end, it was awesome. Two thirds of the way through, I was slowing down big time. And my wife looks at me and goes, you know what you need? You need a beer. I'll grab a cantina from the fridge and I go... Honey, there's no cantina in the fridge. She goes, oh, okay, I'll grab something else light in the fridge. I said, babe, there's nothing light in the fridge. She goes, oh, no, do you want something? And I was like, I'll stick with water. And I drank water. And I got done. And I was quite miserable. I think I was dehydrated for like two days I was going to say, I don't think beer would make you have more energy to finish cleaning the garage. Who knows, man? At that point, it was just like, (laughs) I just needed something. (laughs) And so I just powered through and didn't have anything. Well, the next day, I had to go to the grocery store. Just some normal things to pick up. Went to the grocery store, picked up some stuff. And I walked into the beer aisle because I had to grab some stuff for the house. And I saw a 9 12-pack. 
Miller High Life. And I said, oh, baby, you look delicious. <laughs> and I bought it. I saw your picture of it. And this, I bought yeah. it. And I've been drinking Miller High Lives the last few days, along with like some random IPAs and things like that. But nothing really to nothing really to uh, be excited about necessarily. But I just was going to say, you know what? I can't be the fuddy duddy anymore. Sometimes a nice giant macro domesticated American beer is what I want. And High Life, baby, God, I love you. I would say that's making you more of a fuddy duddy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She goes, there's some warm rain ears over here. And I was like, no, thank you. How long have those been in the garage? I have no idea. <laughs> They'd probably still be fine. They're probably fine. Yeah. Uh, they could probably last for 15 years. But yeah, so so I've got some random stuff in the a fridge. A nuke goes off and cockroaches and rainier beer survives. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had some beers. And honestly, nothing really exciting, but I was drinking some rainier. But I do want to give a shout out to some of our listeners. Uh, RJ said he went up uh, off the grid for a few days. I love the mountain. This picture felt important. He sent it to us. He didn't say where he was, but if I know that patio table, that I would say it's Solera up by Mount Hood, which is a really awesome spot if you guys have never been. I have not, but and, I know it well because I've seen many pictures of it. And then we got this from Mike who said, stumbled upon a gem of a brewery in northern Idaho, Matchwood Brewing in, in uh, Sandpoint, Idaho, which I have had their beer 10 years ago. That was I, not one of the breweries you brought up from your post-breakside no. 10-day <laughs> extravaganza of no. driving and drinking. Rum Springer, Separately, as, as my wife say. calls it. Separately. But I had had Matchwood Brewing, but it's been a decade. Uh, sampled several beers, all fantastic, good variety of lagers and ales. The West Coast IPA and ESB were the winners had to take home some crowlers. So if you're ever in Sandpoint, uh, don't talk to anybody. The people are crazy up there. <laughs> uh, but uh, Matchwood Brewing. Cool. So shout out to our listeners. You can always DM us on Instagram and stuff, guys. We love seeing that, especially cool cool pictures of local breweries like RJ did or when you're on a little bit of a vacay or work trip, whatever you're doing, and uh, finding breweries you stumble into that we don't get down here and you're like, hey, if you're ever in, you know, Shokopee, Minnesota, this is the brewery to go to. And if we don't respond, that doesn't mean we didn't see it. We I just, see everything. Yeah, we both see everything. We just don't always respond in that moment. I like to go leave hearts. I'll I'll go check it and realize that you've read some messages and I just leave hearts on some of them. <laughs> yeah, and half the time I read it and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Hey, you, put down that flame flamethrower. <laughs> so sometimes I'm not always there. Your child has a flamethrower? Yeah, sometimes. He's a wild one. <laughs> um, all right, so the topic du jour as we continue what's in the box is festivals, yeah. beer events. Mm-hmm. And that is because after COVID, Oregon Brewers Festival is back for the first time this weekend. And uh, today is Wednesday. Did it start today? I thought it started tomorrow or Friday, but okay. I, I don't know. I was in such a rush to get down here. We usually record this on Wednesday to pull back the curtain again. Uh, I was in such a rush to get ah! down here, and I and I passed by Tom McCall on the freeway. I completely forgot to look over, and usually I do, uh, just because I I. Driving in driving on I five through downtown Portland is actually really pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I just forgot. I just forgot to look. I think it's today. If not, it's tomorrow. Uh, and then there's the best of craft, or it's like craft beer and wine festival in Vancouver starting Friday, and Friday, Saturday, Sunday as well. So it just got me kind of thinking. Oh man, we're back to festivals. Yeah, and. <clears throat> As always, it's going to be 100 degrees oh, when OBF is happening. I know. <laughs> they were like, we didn't, we didn't, we at Grains, we didn't put any beer into 
uh, OBF, which I can explain when we talk about it. But we've got some beer at uh, at the uh, Craft Beer and Wine Fest in downtown Vancouver, and there's a couple. Uh, they they like set aside some free tickets for me and my wife if we want to go. And it's kind of like, yeah, I do want to go. How hot's it going to be? Oh, hundred degrees. Yeah. So uh-huh. we'll see. But I mean, I feel like festivals. People love being a hundred degrees and drinking at festivals. Well, for me personally, <laughs> I hate that ass. We are not the norm. Uh, the one time, well, the, I've I've gone twice. I've been to Oregon Brewers Festival twice. One when I very early when I moved here, and then one with you, right? Or mm-hmm. at least when the podcast started, we went. I don't know. We, if we went, went to one together. I don't remember when it was, but yeah, it might have even been before the podcast. It might have been. I don't even remember. Both times I've gone, it's been ninety-five degrees or hotter. Both times I've gone, I wait way more in line than I spend time drinking beer. <laughs> and their little mist stations and their little tents are just ovens that are slightly <laughs> wet. I appreciate the event for what it is. Mm-hmm. But at this point in my craft beer consuming <clears throat> life, OBF ain't for me. Yeah. I think Oregon Brewers Festival is for all of the casual to non-beer drinkers to go wet their whistle with some stuff they've never had. Yeah. I think those of us who are Beers on Us listeners and or hosts don't need OBF to tell us what's going on because we already are keeping an eye on it anyway. Yeah, and what I think what I think is really, you know, I could sit here and lament about, you know, I mean, one of the cornerstone flagships of this show is how to introduce craft beer to non-craft beer drinkers. We talk about it all the time since day one. It's our number one mantra. And I could go on and lament about how OBF is good for that. But the reality is, is OBF is so big right now. And this is no slight to the people that put it on because I'm sure it's an absolute logistical like roller coaster of stuff to figure out. It's created for a bunch of people that want just want to get drunk. Yeah. And and what what I find really interesting is attendance has declined over the years. Uh it was declining even before COVID to the point where, you know, you start asking the hard questions, is this worth doing? sort of thing. And so that that becomes difficult and I have talked with some people that I'm friends with in the industry that aren't connected to OBF. So this is this is all just hearsay and rumors and and jibber jabber talking shop. A lot of people wonder if this might be the last year. Really? If this might be the nail in the coffin. That that would be very unusual to me because okay, attendance is declining, but that is a outdoor event that people like to go to even if less people are going to it right why get rid of it maybe maybe rethink it yeah. as opposed to get rid of it Th- and and that's what i would suggest i think there's just a lot of logistical things that are crazy right now now it is only organ beers and it is non ma i i don't even actually remember if it's macro like if the 10 barrels i know like widmer they 10 got, barrel has been there before okay i remember widmer used to get grandfathered in because they're one of the founders of it but i can't remember if like 10 barrels still a part of it or hop valley i can't remember yeah i don't know but, about still i i remember one of the years i went i do remember there being a little 10 barrel truck so. yeah but there's a lot of stuff that used to happen there that doesn't happen anymore there used to be an international tent I remember one year all the beers in the international tent were from Amsterdam. And one year they were all from New Zealand and Australia. They don't do that anymore. Um, It used to be glass. Now it's plastic. I mean, for obvious reasons, downtown doesn't need more of a disaster. Um, And now it's Oregon only. And it used to be like a big, nice stretch of the West Coast. 
Um, I remember trying a lot of out-of-state breweries for the first time at my first OBF. And yeah. and I'll just I'll just be honest. I mean, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing, but it put us in a spot um, when I looked, you know, because it's kind of my job at Grains to look at these kind of festivals and see if we can be a part of them and if we have the beer for them. They needed 18 to 20 kegs of one beer that had to be specific to OBF. It couldn't be something you normally already make. Uh, was was so the there way, is a, there's a bar- another barrier to entry to get into this y- festival? The way I read it, unless I read the entry details incorrectly, which is very possible, I'm more than willing to admit that I have errors, uh, it seemed to me like we needed to make a beer specifically for that and then couldn't tap it until after the festival. And for us, who make 2,700 barrels a year, uh, I don't have that. I don't have that for you at all. So it sounds almost like barrier for entry is harder than it's ever been. And if that rule is correct, most of the smaller breweries ain't doing that. Yeah, I They've don't... already got schedules ready to go. Yeah, you know? yeah, man. I, I have an entire, we, we have an entire brew schedule fit through September. You know, and they asked this, hey, do you want to be a part of this in a month? And we're like, schedule's been set for three months for this month. So, I mean, it's one of those things that looking at it next year, I mean, in terms of the volume, like we could totally do it. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to talk about like grains and how grains approaches this. I just mean it from a from a grandiose thing. Like next year, you could look at it from our size, knowing what they want, if if they're around and plan for that if you want. But at the end of the day, 18 kegs, I mean, that's 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 a lot of beer for one thing that I'm not that you are really certainly getting not, money off of. Well, and how many are you actually going to sell? Oh, I, I think you'd go through them all and they buy them from you. Oh, do they? They buy them from you. So you get your money off of it. But it's just a lot of beer for a small brewery. You know, if you're Rogue, if you're Fort George, if you're Breakside, I mean, hell, if you're if, if you know, I know Freem sounds giant, but they're not that giant yet. You know, if you make 10,000, you know, like Migration makes probably around 10,000 barrels, they can do that. We make less than three. 18 kegs. That that That's a lot in the middle of the summer when our pubs are banging. So, it's a, it's an and that's just an insight from my point of well, view no, but around a, the structure of it. I think that's an important thing to, to look at because of what we said at the beginning. This is not for insiders. Also specific for that, like that's where you really lost me. Yeah. I can give you Mexican lager all day every day. We've been churning that. Yeah, bad but we're boy not we're not making a beer for this that we can't sell until after the event. Right. Yeah. It's just that that's kind of that's a weird yeah, or, practice. Or you're lying. Or you're lying. And yeah. you're saying, you know, here's this IPA. It's really dystopia, but we're calling it fun love and OBF IPA, you know, like or right, you're lying. Right. And and I mean, we don't want to do that. And then they go to the pub and they're like, Hey, I want that fun love and IPA. And, and you're, you're like, like, uh, it's called dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've we've been making this beer for years. <laughs> yeah. I, I just what frustrates me about that is, is what I said. It's this is a great opportunity for craft beer to be introduced to beginners Mm -hmm. at an event like this. And if they are making decisions that are limiting even more extremely the breweries that are going into it, as opposed to everyone's welcome, then the people who are going are getting less less exposure to those breweries, uh, less exposure to beer they may like, and just less options, which means lines will be longer Mm -hmm. because there'll be less breweries there. 
And you don't want to stand in line in 100 degrees waiting no. for a tiny little plastic cup of no, beer. No, not at all. It's not a fun thing. So if you're going to keep doing this, you have to change it. But let me flip this on its head real quick. This weekend is Craft Beer and Wine Fest at Esther Shore Park in Vancouver. Question. One, one of, Tangent. One of three Esther Short festivals coming up in the next 30 days. So you said at that time, I've been hearing the name Esther Short Park a lot recently. Downtown Vancouver. It feels like local people say Esther Shore without saying the T at the end. Oh. Like Esther Short Park. Oh, did I not say the T? The first time you sort of maybe did. The second time you did. Oh, okay. But like. I'm big on diction and I like am hard on myself about that. Yeah. So I. I've heard a lot of people from there say, like, Esther Esther Shore Shore Park. Park. Yeah. Like, Shore. Yeah, yeah. and Like, Jersey Shore. Yeah. And I remember the first time I looked at a map of over there in Vancouver, and I was looking for Esther Shore Park. I was like, where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's Esther Short Park? (laughs) Short. Short. Anyway, that was my little little aside. I didn't know if that was a Vancouver thing where you called it Esther Shore, despite it being Esther Short. Oh, I don't know, man, dude. In Vancouver, they got three crazies running against each other to be a seat in Congress, so I don't know what to tell you what's going on (laughs) over there, man. Uh, But but here's the flip side of it. Now, Esther Short is, you know, a quarter, a fifth of the size of the area they use for Tom McCall uh, at the waterfront for OBF. So, like, size, you have to keep that in mind. But there are three or four beer festivals in downtown Vancouver. I think there's four. I think there's four and three are at Esther Short and one is not far from downtown, like in downtown, basically. And all four of those will not only do well, but make money. Those are thriving. Hmm. So that's what I find that's interesting. Now, the size is it, is it a size, the size discrepancy is huge. So that's the first thing I would think of. But... It's not the same number of breweries. I would also argue it's not the same quality of breweries. But those are thriving. I remember I I sit in on North Bank Guild meetings. North Bank is our guild in Southwest Washington. We're all those breweries basically from from White Salmon to Longview to to, uh, Long Beach. And then everywhere in between, we all get together and try to build our community. We all have different distributors. We all make different beers, da-da-da. But we're all in this together. And... I'm talking with them, and I remember one day raising my hand in the guild meeting as they were talking about festivals, and I said, guys, festivals in Portland are dying. They're dying, but people still love festivals. This is If, if we want to do festivals in Southwest Washington, this is our chance to jump on it. I think and it sounds like they're jumping on it this summer. I think what's interesting about that, because the first thing that came to my mind about it was, I know it's a suburb, I know it's technically a city, Vancouver's it's small. third largest... Or, Third, maybe fourth largest city in the state of Washington. Yeah, Vancouver's small compared to Portland. Sure. And there is way more of a sense of community in Vancouver than there is in business district downtown Portland. Well, yeah. And especially Portland, which is all built into little neighborhoods. Right. So, like if you live in Kenton, you support Kenton. Right. And you might support St. John's and you might support, you know, Overlook or Arbor Lodge, but you just like you're stuck in that area. Yeah. Whereas, you're not like pumping for Hawthorne or right. whatever. But no. if you're from Vancouver, Fogo. if there's an event in downtown Vancouver and you're bored, you're probably going. You could probably see the same for Camus and Washougal and oh, we just had Richfield ca- we or just whatever. Had, we just had Camus days in Camus, which is, you know, like they're, they're, they shut down the streets and there's vendors everywhere. And I have buddies that live in downtown Vancouver that were like, hey, are you at Camus days? You right. Know? Where, whereas I think here, 
one, it's a bigger city. There's more events going on on a regular basis. Yeah. But two, especially business district downtown, mm-hmm. like old school, regular downtown, sure. which has been hit the hardest. Old town, Chinatown, Pearl yes. District, et cetera. Yes. Uh, well, I, I say business district because that's where yeah, the waterfront I, park is. And, I, you know, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. NATO Cut, Parkway, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, NATO and up towards PSU, all the office buildings there. That has been hit the hardest of all of, well, I shouldn't say the hardest. One, it's one of the hardest hit areas of the entire city from COVID and homeless problems and and the riots and, and the protests and all that kind of stuff. Definitely in the greater Portland area. So I think even, yes, you're right about the neighborhood thing, but people are even less likely to want to go to that area of Portland right now Yeah, yeah because it's, it's really not attractive. Yeah. So I think that's a huge difference as well in just the vibes of the two cities. Mm-hmm. People in Vancouver are fine going to Esther Short Park, although I know they have their own issues with homeless over there and, right. and some stuff going on down there as well. But it's just a different community aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I mean, I I think, you know, me and the lady are talking about going down to the 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 craft beer and wine festival and in Esther Short Park. And yeah, maybe that's what it is. I mean, I have no intention of going to OBF. I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever me go again. Either. I mean, I spent years and years going. I mean, like. And 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 at the station here, we can get free tokens and mugs. Oh, wow. I'm I think not, I, I think I have tokens left over from years and they transfer over. I'm not going. Yeah, I have I, no interest in going out to 100 plus degrees to go stand in a park. Yeah. And wait in line. Yeah, I'm interested in what you listeners think about when you when it when it comes to just festivals in general, like not just OBF, but like you know, in October I'm going to Yakima to represent grains for Fresh Hop Festival in Yakima, and I'm looking forward to that, even though I'm not the biggest Fresh Hop lover anymore. But I'm looking forward to that. Is it because I'm just representing my brewery, or is it because I'm going I'm traveling, or is it because that's a cool festival? I don't know. I've never been. So I could go there and report back and say, business-wise, excellent. Consumer-wise, terrible. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Well, it's an interesting spot because I think a lot of people want to go back out and do stuff again. And I wonder if that's what OBF is banking on. I think they are. But and it might do really well because of that. They won't, though, because it's not time yet. Yeah. There's been enough of... Especially in Portland. Southwest Washington doesn't care. Right. They but got there... three crazies running for Congress. You've said that. Yeah. yeah. There's there. I can tell you care about all it too. against each other. <laughs> they there's already been the recent uptick in in the Omicron sub variant, right? Mm-hmm. And now monkeypox is spreading. Oh God! Right, but like there's enough of that going on where mm-hmm. I think and I, and I think a lot of people I'm kind of included in this, and and it's been weird to kind of realize that about myself. Is I'm not even like going out to eat as much as I used to. Right. I got so accustomed to over the last two years of just operating from home and ordering food or doing this or doing that and kind of creating a new rhythm that I think a lot of people are struggling to get back into an old rhythm because yeah. the new rhythm, as much as it sucked, it also was very comfortable yeah. because you're at home all the time. Right. And I think that's part of it too is I don't think right this second is the right time. Mm-hmm. I think that we, depending on what happens, but assuming things continue to improve and we're not worried about any sort of pathogen out there, right? that it might be another half year or so until we're fully like back to where we used to be. Yeah. It just feels too soon. Yeah. Maybe that's a me thing. Maybe that's my own personal feeling about it because like I said, I'm struggling to get back to what I used to be like. 
in terms of my rhythm of going out on on weekends and doing this and finding festivals and things like I'm just not in the habit of doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And for me, the way I am as a person, that doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people like they're like, I need to get out. Right. <laughs> that's not really me. So I'm, I'm going fine. crazy. But yeah, I, I think that's part of it, too. I think it might be a, just a little bit too soon. Right. Well, again, you know, DM us on Instagram at Beers on Us and let us know, you know, what, what what you're up to, what your thoughts are when it comes to these festivals and such. Real quick, Mike, I don't mean to like hijack. No, no, uh, I wanted to the, go here. The host of this show, uh, but we are drinking Foggy Windows. Is that what this is called? Oh God, I had it. Oh my God, I'm on the spot. I'm on the spot. Everyone hates me. Foggy Window from Monkish. Uh, a imperial double hazy. Um, Wait, <laughs> what? Imperial. Well, imperial slash double. I oh, mean, they're, they're, okay. they're the same thing. I thought they were labeling it as both. I no, was no, like no. imperial double no, my, and my, hazy. My, 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 my bad. Double, Some imperials now are hazies too, just by themselves. Uh, double IPA from Monkish called Foggy Window, Nelson Galaxy, and extra citra hops. Whatever that means. Um, uh, reactions like last week, a good hazy. Unlike last week, I don't like this one as much as last week. Yeah, I, I don't really. <laughs> that find, was really awkward. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't really find anything wrong with this beer. This beer is just not my beer. Yeah, it's a little. It's got a little bit too much of the chalk in it for me. But what I am still getting is good hop character out of it. It is softer and easier to drink, but there is bitterness in it, mm-hmm. just like last mm-hmm. week's monkish beer. And if that's the hazy they're making, I understand the hype mm-hmm. because it's a style that's really popular. But it's actually well made. I think the biggest thing for me in this is honestly just the complex alcohol flavor. Like I taste the booze. Like I, I, well, I can tell this a, is a double IPA. That's because it's an imperial double hazy IPA. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> with extra citra. I messed up, Michael. Extra citra. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that's what's always tough for me with doubles. And, and I am a massive critic of, of doubles. And, you know, it, it's not really fair. I had to drain pour a double this last week. That's too bad. It's yeah. not really fair for me to critique doubles simply because, even though I've judged doubles, uh, simply because the complex alcohol flavor is is where usually it, falls on or falls off for well, me. Well, and some people want that right, in the doubles. Right, right. And that's a, that's more of a personal thing mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. I tend to like some of the alcohol that comes from doubles. Uh I'm not having any issues with it in this beer, for example. Like I do taste it, but I like it. Right. So fair enough. Um, foggy windows. Monkish. Foggy windows from Monkish from the messenger in the box. But our beer of the week will be one of the special beers, truly special beers in the box. And I'm very excited. That is next. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Time. Oh, I can't get it. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to use the bottle opener. Okay, that's fine. I was trying to use a lighter. Oh my god, it like destroyed the lighter. It did. I was trying to use a lighter to open it so I didn't ruin the cap so this beer could be transported after drinking. But I will just do my best. Talk, and I will do my best to not ruin the cap. The beer of the week time. We are drinking one of the big boy bottles that came in the box from the messenger. And uh, like Patrick said, he's going to try not to destroy the cap because somebody, namely me, will be taking this home with me and finishing it with my late dinner. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll probably take I'll, I'll take the Wild Ale stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. That's more up your alley. Although I am starting to like that stuff a little bit more. Um, this beer. Just don't drive fast, Michael. Don't huh? drive like you home. Well, I will. <laughs> I'll just put, I'll put it safely 
upside down somewhere. Um, okay. You just read about the beer. Please alert the listeners or remind the listeners what we are about to consume. Sorry, just, just trying to... No, you're good, you're good. Trying to pour. I know the name of the beer is called Four Fill. Four Fill from Side Project. Yes. Is a, and they are out of Cali, right? Yeah, no, they are... I think they're in the Midwest. Oh my God, that smells good. Uh, you, if you, while I'm talking, will you look me up, look up and see where Side Project is? Okay. I think they're in the Midwest. Um... Because I forgot my notes, and I'm going to bring the notes and leave them here so I have them for the future. Four Fill is a one-off blend created to honor our friend Phil Wymore of Perennial Artisan Ales. I have had many perennial beers in my day. They are very delicious. They are and in Maplewood, Missouri. Nice. I knew it was Missouri. And their 10-year anniversary, inspired by Derivation Blend Number 6, they blended... Barrels of that, BBT and OWK. I mean, I'm sure if you're a trading nut or if you know them, you know what those are with several barrels of their mamen before finishing them on Ghanaian cocoa nibs, Mexican and Tanzanian vanilla beans, and fresh ground cinnamon. The threads rested in some of our favorite bourbon and rye barrels for 23 to 40 months before blending. Happy anniversary. Phil and what I did was about at this point about an hour ago I pulled this bottle out of the fridge and kind of let it sit here hoping it would warm up a little bit it's still a little cool yeah but it's not fridge cool yeah but hoping it would warm up a little bit to kind of help uh, a lot of those flavors open okay up. well one I don't know if it's going to need that help based on the nose holy I flavor Batman here. <laughs> it is so Whoa, flavorful chocolate just boom chocolate and a little cinnamon coming through it ta- it smells like a candy bar straight up wow and this is a wild beer. it is like, dark as night like a good candy bar yeah, like not yeah. overly sweet but what do you got against heath bars dude i love heath bars <laughs> i was just i can't believe you said you love heath bars i was just throwing it out like it was a candy bar everybody hates what's a candy bar everybody hates probably the three musketeers even though i also like three musketeers dude, three musketeers are great people hate that candy why bar. Because they don't like how soft and like empty it is. But it's like marshmallow nougat. But that's the whole point, Yeah, what is that we... it's fluffy. Okay. Also, people don't like Heath. Toffee is delicious. Oh, I don't love toffee. I like toffee flavor, but I don't want like actual toffee. What about like uh, when you I go- I got sensitive teeth, man. When you go to the coast and you get never. that like- uh never. I never get taffy. No, no, toffee. Either. <laughs> never. You just don't like coast no, man, snacks? Dude I, don't, I, dude, I don't eat gummy. Like, I, yeah. Mm. I get crappy Weird. teeth, man. I, I don't want to stop smelling the beer. Such a wow aroma. I don't want to stop smelling it. And what's interesting is, it takes a couple smells, and th- then you kind of get the like the, the bourbon. Comes rye, in. Oh, I, I'm talking the barrel character. Oh, because the chocolate, the the cocoa nibs are so overpowering to me. The Ghanaian cocoa. Nibs. The Ghanaian cocoa nibs, and what's also really nice, at least on the nose, is there's two different types of b- vanilla beans. Those aren't uber prominent in the aroma which excites me because it makes me feel like tasting it is not going to be overly vanilla which you know when it comes to barrel aged beers that have vanilla in i am very gun shy about because Um, vanilla can be too much remember when i told you the joke that my friend used to make about drinking guinness how it's like drinking a roast beef sandwich Mm -hmm. this is the thickest beer i've ever had i just noticed it before you even said it it hit my tongue this is a thick Beer. Beer. And very, for sure. And it has warmed up a good amount for the mouth. It really it, has. It has warmed up really well. Wow. I I almost don't know what to say after the first sip. My mouth took a journey that was 
exciting and confusing at the same time. I think that the vanilla flavor you're worried about is really well done because it Agreed. only shows up at the very end. Agreed. As the sip is done, what lingers is the vanilla bean in your throat. It almost dries it out. It does kind of dry yeah. it out. Um, it's not as, as chocolatey as it smells. Mm-hmm. It is not over chocolate in the taste. No. And I think like the vanilla, I think the bourbon and I don't get a ton of rye. Um, I get more bourbon than rye characteristics. Um, and boy, that cinnamon hits you pretty quickly, which immediately cuts the chocolate. What's really interesting about there's this. There's a lot of chocolate in this. What's really interesting about this beer, and it actually might be my one critique of this beer, is for how thick and heavy this beer is, the flavors are very balanced. Mm-hmm. And because I think those adjuncts and the barrel quality are very balanced, I wish this beer was a little thinner. Mm. I think this beer for me, uh, and even maybe even judging on a table, this beer might be a little thick to, for me. That's that's kind of where I'm leaning is the flavors are out of this world. But boy, good. people trade for this beer across America. I understand why. Yeah. I massively understand why. Yeah. I, I, nitpicking. Yes. Yes. Very much nitpicking. It is too thick. It's a little bit like you're drinking syrup mm-hmm. in consistency. Mm-hmm. But flavor-wise, I have not had many barrel-aged stouts that are this nuanced, but this flavorful at the same time. Usually when you get nuance in stouts, it means the flavor is a little muted, which is fine for drinkability, and you can still get the flavors. But this punches you in the nose with chocolate and the initial sip. It gets gives you a lot of cinnamon right away which cuts the sweetness and then it goes to vanilla which dries out and they're all really strong flavors right you taste them all individually as wow that's chocolate mm-hmm. oh there's a cinnamon hey vanilla it's not like oh that was an easy drinking stout what are the flavors i'm getting it's like obvious yeah um and i have not experienced that with this much nuance in too many barrel aged beers so that is Really cool. Kudos to Side Project. Uh, this is really cool. I wish we were able to get this stuff more frequently. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I, is that another Side Project? Yeah, I was grabbing pulled? the last one. That was Noir du Fermier. I don't remember what it I said about It was a barrel-fermented Missouri Black Saison. Oh, that's right. I think I remember we loved this It was this so beer. unique. Yeah, we liked it a lot. We absolutely loved this beer. Well, cool. How about Missouri. Getting some cool beer, huh? <laughs> I would never consider Missouri as a place that would have good craft beer. Ever, well, ever, ever. Well, Boulevard's in Missouri, and they're they're one of the bigger known, like uh, you know, they're they're I they're, don't know their their barrelage, but I would I, like yeah, you've heard of them. Yeah, I would liken them to like a a, a, a Ninkasi and, or a Deschutes, something like that that you know out here. Yeah, and I guess that's probably a little unfair considering St. Louis and Budweiser go together. So of <laughs> course there'd true. be craft beer. <laughs> that is true. But when I think of like the dead <clears throat> Midwest, I don't think of craft beer. I think of Budweiser. Right, but they're not too far from Perennial Artisan, which is just down south from them. And so that's really cool that they made this beer to honor those guys because I Perennial makes some really cool dark beer. If you get your hands on their stuff, their stuff's their stuff's really cool. Well, there it is for Phil Side Project Brewing. A delightful barrel-aged stout. Thank you, Messenger. This is very cool to drink, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Win. Win, win. Win, 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 indeed. Yep. Uh, If you've ever had Side Project, let us know. Instagram.com slash beers on us. What you've liked from them, if you've been able to get your hands on this brewery. All right, well, we've got two more big bottles in the box. and Both wild, and I think I have 
three more cans? I think I have two loggers, two hazies, and I roughly mapped it out for us. Okay. So the next couple weeks, we will continue to open the box. What's in the box? Unless something crazy comes across. Well, no, I think what we can do is we can keep doing this, but also do a segment if we need to. Oh, yeah. Like this week, OBF is relevant. Oh, right. Oh, no. I just meant unless there's some beer that, like, I see out in the wild or it gets released that's really hype, that might take precedent just because it's probably local. But, yeah, yeah, we'll keep doing this. Also, for another fun tease... We are getting closer and closer to be able to share with you our third anniversary, or is it our fourth anniversary? Third, third anniversary beer. We yes. are in the planning stages. We are in the planning stages. I cannot tell you any more than that. However, I do know that we may be meeting to talk about it next week. Yes. So mm. we've got some details. I can figure that out first. I'll talk to you later. Lots of stuff coming up. Thank you again for the messenger for this. This beer is amazing. This beer is uh, fantastic. Really cool. Yeah, really, really, really cool fun beer. to drink. And uh, we'll be back next week, every Thursday at 4. 6. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.